ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन शलाकाया चक्षुरन मीलितम तस्मा श्री गुरवे नम So translation I am seated this is Krishna speaking not me I am seated in everyone's heart and from me come remembrance knowledge and forgetfulness by all the vedas I am to be known indeed I am the compiler of vedanta and I am the knower of the vedas read it Oh the whole you read the whole yeah. okay now read the purport we'll just have it in tamil Hmm <coughs> possession of consciousness is that which distinguishes living beings from non-living beings to have consciousness means that one must also have knowledge one cannot be conscious of something without having some knowledge about it at the very least to distinguish one object from another Well, at least that knowledge must be there to be conscious of anything so every living being has knowledge knowledge that is useful for the living beings attempt to survive in this material atmosphere shri prabhupad several times gave the example that the child just like the the dog is just born and immediately knows to search out the teat of the mother dog to drink milk so he the newly born dog knows i have to go to suck the milk from this particular point how could the newly born dog know that that knowledge is supplied by the supreme lord as the super soul within the heart of the living being who thinks that he is a dog so every living being has some kind of knowledge we acquire different kinds of knowledge according to our desires and activities within this material world one gets the body of a dog if one has the attitude of a dog dog's mentality is not very high class <clears throat> so everyone has some kind of consciousness and concomitant knowledge that one has knowledge in this material world means he also has non-knowledge that's the common word is there avidya avidya means lack of knowledge but practically it means to have non knowledge or, or to to know in a wrong way the whole material situation is one of avidya or non knowledge so that means not to have correct knowledge because the as a living being one cannot be without totally without knowledge but instead of in the material situations instead of having the knowledge that i am the eternal servant of krishna one thinks i am a dog i am a cat i am an indian or whatever and one has knowledge according to the position of within avidya that one has accepted 
So the Vedic knowledge is given to rescue us from wrong knowledge. In human society, to possess much knowledge is considered something highly laudable and appreciable. Why is that? Because if one has more knowledge, then one is considered more expert in uh, manipulating the material energy for one's own ends, for one's own, or one's own purposes. But this is not actually knowledge. That's why people who are actually in knowledge, that means in knowledge of their relationship with Krishna, they don't give any uh, particular respect to any amount of material knowledge. According to the perspective of one who's in actual knowledge, even a very highly learned PhD or if he doesn't know his relationship with Krishna, is simply an ignorance. Or even if one is learned in the Vedas, superficially, but does not recognize his relationship with Krishna, he's also in ignorance. The question is often arises, we're often asked, well, if God is good and he loves us, then why does he keep us in ignorance? Why doesn't he make us do the right thing? Why does he keep us in ignorance? The answer is given here in Bhagavad Gita that everyone gets what they want. Purusha sukhadukhanam bhoktritve heteruchyate. The so called happiness of this material world which anyone acquires and the distress, the cause of that is the individual living being who considers himself to be an enjoyer of this material world. Why doesn't Krishna make us love him? Because that isn't love. By force, it's not love. So we have the choice to serve Krishna or to forget Krishna. Now again the question comes, well, how can we forget Krishna if we are his part and parcel? Well... There we see Maya Shakti is very powerful. If we actually desire to forget Krishna, then we, with that very strong relationship, which is the natural consciousness of the living being, then we have to accept something else very strongly, and that something else is Maya. There's no neutral position. Sometimes we hear of people who are called agnostics. Agnostic means they're not, they say, I'm not Ishvarvadi nor Anishvarvadi, I'm somewhere in between. It actually, I mean, the, the etymology of the word, it actually means the same as atheist. But the word, the word in Sanskrit for atheist is completely different to the English word. Atheist means one who doesn't believe in God. Agnostic is, it's a completely different derivation, actually. It means they don't believe in anything. So we have a translation. We have a translation problem here. Ishvarvadi, we can say, and Anish, Anishvarvadi. That the, 
Anishvava, that term comes in Bhagavad Gita. Asatyama pratishtam te jagadahur anishvaram. Well, I'll say agnostic. They say, well, we, we can't, they say you can't know. There might be God, there might not be God, but we can't tell. So we're neutral. It's not only in Vedic culture that there are complex, convoluted ways of denying Krishna. Not, not, only, not only in Vedic culture. In the Vedic culture, to deny Krishna, you have to perform a lot of intellectual gymnastics. It's easier in the non-Vedic cultures because they don't have any knowledge anyway. But, so the agnostics, they propose a neutral position. We're neither Ishvavadi nor Anishvavadi. But actually there is no in-between situation. If one actually accepts Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then one has to serve Him. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matah sarvang prabhartate iti matva bhajante maang buddha bhava samandhitaha. Can you give the translation? Aham sarvasya prabhavaha, everything emanates. I am the source of everything. Which Those who know this, they worship me in all respects. So if one actually accepts that there is Bhagavan, then one has to serve him. Unless one says, yes, there is Bhagavan and I am Bhagavan. That's another, <laughs> that's another kind of uh, Anishvarvad, actually. To, to call one who is not Ishva, Ishva, that's also another kind of Anishvarvad or atheism. Oh. Or to say that every, everyone and everything is Bhagavan. That's, uh, that's speaking Ishvarvad, but actually it's Anishvarvad. Because Ishva means the controller, and if everyone, if everyone is all the same, then how can anyone be the controller? The perfect... Please don't put Bhagavad Gita on your foot, sir. There's a better place to keep it. <clears throat> so the, the actual understanding is given by Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. Mata parataram nanyat kinchidasti should give the translation of that. And nothing is equal, or nothing is greater than He. Asamordva. Nothing equal, nothing greater. So to accept this means that we have to accept our subordinate position. We have to serve Him. But if we don't want to serve Him, then He gives us the intelligence how not to serve Him. And... That for that purpose there is Krishna's Bahiranga Shakti or Maya Shakti. And it's vast. There are so many phases of Maya. And one can take birth in so many different positions to forget Krishna. There are some people, they are fascinated by nature and they study different facets of nature. Studying birds or trees or marine biology, studying the fascinating ways in which different living beings are forgetting Krishna. And by studying, they also manage to forget Krishna. A devotee doesn't undertake such deep study of material nature. He sees material nature, 
And he appreciates that this is Krishna's wonderful external energy. Actually, it is wonderful. It's amazing how everything works together nicely, how the whole universe from the macrocosm to the microcosm is going on under the control of Krishna's Bahiranga Shakti. But the devotee is more intelligent, he's more interested in who has created all of this and what is his own internal nature. So to get knowledge of who is the incredible, intelligent person who has set up this whole material energy, then we have to go to the Vedic knowledge. That is, to acquire the Vedic knowledge, that is possible in the human form of life. Antaryami, the super-soul in everyone's heart, gives knowledge to every species of life how to eat, sleep, mate and defend. But that there is something more important to do than eating, sleeping, mating and defending. That consciousness can be awakened in the human form of life. When one is aware that there must be more to life than eating, sleeping, mating and defending, getting born and dying again and again, then atato brahma jignyasa. Then one should, one should inquire into spiritual knowledge or Vedic knowledge. It's also a big, big subject. It may be difficult to find Krishna in the Vedas. Here Lord Krishna says, Vaidaishya sarveraham eva vedyaha. In all the Vedas, the object of knowledge is me. But again we find Vedeshu Durlabham. It's difficult to find Krishna in the Vedas. That's why sometimes uh, some scholars they say that, well, this Vishnu Bhakti, it's a later accretion in the Vedic literature, something that was added later. They don't know. That's their scholarly opinion. Scholarly opinion, unless it's the opinion of a devotional scholar or one guided by the Acharyas, means an opinion formed out of sophisticated foolishness. They think they know because they have studied. But because they are studying the Vedic literature not to find Krishna, but to forget Krishna, then they don't find Krishna. Because the devotee is anxious to find Krishna. Can you do something with this? It's just, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, take this and if, if they can't manage, just turn this off. This, this one is giving the problem. And then take this. So, the devotee, by the grace of Krishna, he sees Krishna everywhere and in everything. This is the one which is giving power.
Whereas the non-devotee, even if he superficially studies Krishna, can never find Krishna. I don't get any sound from that. So they may think, the non-devotee scholar may think they know a lot about Krishna. And superficially they might know a lot about Krishna. They might be a professor at the university, teaching about Vedic knowledge. But it's all worse than useless. Because by, by attempting to study Krishna without following the Vedic process of humility, then they simply commit offenses to Krishna. There is one extremely foolish PhD from Harvard University who has studied Prabhupada's books in great detail. And he says that Prabhupada is wrong by saying that Krishna wears a dhoti because there's nowhere mentioned dhoti. In the, in the original, he's a Sanskrit scholar, so nowhere is it mentioned that Krishna, if you see the original Sanskrit, he knows better than Prabhupada because he's a great Sanskrit scholar. So I had a long discussion with him once, and he's saying, well, it's just Prabhupada's opinion. He, admi- he says, yes, we believed in Krishna, and, but it's only Prabhupada's opinion that he wears a dhoti. So I said to him, well, if at all we accept that Prabhupada knows Krishna and sees Krishna, then he knows what he's dressed in. So he admitted that, well, yes, maybe Krishna does wear a dhoti, but he probably wears other things too. And he's just trying to show that in, in practically everything Prabhupada said is wrong. Just like Prabhupada, he introduced what we could call Indian-style prasadam in the Western countries. And the great scholar is saying, well, halava, you see, that's not, a, that's not a Sanskrit word, that's an Arabic word, that's derived from Arabic. So this shows that Prabhupada didn't really know. It's not, it's not really what Krishna eats. So by becoming a great Sanskrit scholar, he's become... He knows more about Krishna than Prabhupada. He thinks. He's propagating. Of course, halava is not the only name for that preparation. In Tamil, it's called kesari, which is a completely Sanskrit word. So anyway, this is just an example of someone who thinks they know a lot about Krishna, but they're completely bewildered about Krishna because of envy of Krishna. So to get this Vedic knowledge, it's not just a matter of becoming a great Sanskrit scholar, but one has to follow the acharyas. This is the system of receiving Vedic knowledge. As the Vedas themselves say, acharyavan purusho veda, one who has an acharya, he should know the Vedas. That uh, people in modern India are very anxious to get... uh, University degrees, certificates, MSc, whatever it may be. But in traditional Vedic culture, there's no certificate. Just that you're the disciple of such and such, that's enough. That's said, enough. If you're the the disciple of a bona fide guru, that means that you also 
are qualified, you know that you know the Vedic knowledge. That in it, just that is enough. You don't have to say anything more. If he has accepted you as a disciple, that means that he accepts that you are serious to learn, and he has taken the trouble to teach you. Nowadays, the uh, it's taken very lightly and cheaply to be what it means to be a disciple. But actually, disciple means to undergo discipline by which one is uh, becomes qualified to receive Vedic knowledge. Then, here, Krishna says, Matasmritya, Jnanam. From me comes remembrance and knowledge. Narottam Das Thakur, whose writings in simple Bengali Srila Vishwanath Chakravar Thakur says to be as good as Vedic evidences. So Narottam Das has written in relationship to Guru that Divya Gyan Hride Prakashito that, yeah, that by his, by the mercy of Guru, spiritual knowledge is revealed within the heart. So one can read books, but the Knowledge is revealed by the mercy of Guru. Lord Krishna within the heart is known as Chaitya Guru or the Guru who, who guides the consciousness or the intelligence from within. And the same Krishna appears externally as Mahanta Guru or one who personally guides. And by the combination of the sincere desire to understand and the proper guidance given from without, then spiritual knowledge is revealed within the heart. What is that spiritual knowledge? It's very simple. That we are all eternal parts and parcels of Krishna and we are all his eternal servants. It's simple, but there's a, that is... Uh, that knowledge to actually accept it is the doorway to the great universe of Krishna Bhakti. What does it mean to be a servant? How qualified does one have to be to, to be eligible to serve Krishna? Sometimes devotees like to sing another song of Narottam Das, Radha Krishna Pranamo Jugala in which the line comes, Chamara Dulabo Kobe Heribo Mukachandra, that Gatiya Malatir Mala, Chandana Lepibo, then Chamara Dulabo Kobe Heribo Mukachandra, that I will apply this Chandan sandalwood paste to the body of Radha Krishna, I will make garlands for them and uh, do chamar seva, waving the chamar. So, how qualified does one have to be to have that opportunity? When we can actually sing, not just as a nice tune, but actually mean it, that Radha Krishna Pranamo Jugala Kisho Jivane Marane Gati Arnahimo. I have nothing in life or de- beyond considerations of my own life and death I simply have to serve Radha and Krishna.
So the whole process is one of Sharanagati. Sharvidha Sharanagati Hoi Bejaha Tara Pratana Shune Srinanda Kuma. This who's actually fully surrendered to Krishna, then their prayer will be heard by Krishna. Prem, Krishna Prem is the natural result of Sharanagati. And without Sharanagati, there's no question of Prem. Therefore, we find that Prabhupada, he spoke a lot about surrender to Krishna, giving up material desires. And of course, he always taught us that love of Krishna, that is our goal. He didn't cheaply speak of Prem as if it was like some sabji you can buy in the market. One has to become eligible by seriously practicing devotional service and pleasing the spiritual master, giving up sense gratification. That example I was giving at midday, if we say, who wants Krishna Prem? Everyone will go, jai, and put their hand up. Who wants Krishna Prem? Who wants to give up watching TV? Who wants to give up eating karmi food? Who wants to give up all kinds of sense gratification? Are we, real, are we really serious about that? We should be serious if we actually want to attain to Krishna Prem. The point is it's not such a cheap thing. Krishna knows, Krishna's in our heart, what we want. We get what we want. If we want the body of a dog, Krishna arranges. If we want to serve Krishna, Krishna arranges. If we want to make a show of serving Krishna while nourishing our own desires for sense gratification, Krishna arranges. We get the facility to do so. So what do we want? Krishna will give us knowledge, remembrance and forgetfulness according to our desire. If we don't want Krishna, Krishna will help us to forget him. If we do want Krishna, then Krishna will help us to forget Maya. So what do we want? If we want Krishna, where will we find Krishna? We won't find Krishna in the, in the teachings of all the bogus so-called gurus. They might speak of Krishna, but they are envious of Krishna. They have no love of Krishna. We won't find Krishna in the cricket news. We won't find Krishna in the latest fashions. He has his own fashion, which is a dhoti, vesti, whatever. It might not be panchakach dhoti. That's also, that we can accept. Although that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wears. And that's what his, in his Grihastha Lila. And according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, that's what devotees should wear, those who are followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What is that? Uh, he says, Gora Bhakata Vesha. Gora Bhagata Priyavesha Dadhamana Tilak Tulasi Mala Shobhamana. It is 
favorable for cultivating devotion in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to wear the kind of dress that is dear to the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and to have tilak and tulsimala. So these things, these, these help us to remember Krishna. So we are warning, don't become a puffed up scholar. Abhimani, Abhimani. You don't have that word in Tamil? Puffed up, what do you say? You must say, come on, you must know the word for puffed up. We use that word all the time. Ahankari. On the other hand, don't be, uh, don't neglect to study Prabhupada's books. You should study all these books. By st- the materialistic attitude to study, one becomes puffed up. But by studying Prabhupada's books, one should consider what is the essence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. If one has this attitude, then all Vedic knowledge is revealed to him by the grace of Krishna. The whole wonderful world of Krishna Bhakti Ras is open to one who rejects the so-called rasa of this material world and considers himself a humble servant of Krishna, just like Arjuna, who very humbly killed thousands of people on, on Krishna's order. How can you humbly kill people? His humility was, he accepted to follow Krishna's order instead of his own concocted idea. Hanuman showed the ideal of a humble devotee by burning Lanka and demonstrating that I am the servant of Lord Rama. So this knowledge of Krishna consciousness, it is quite different from the knowledge of this material world. Now they did it again. So please study Prabhupada's books. Who has read all of Bhagavad Gita as it is at least once? Who's read all Srimad Bhagavatam at least once? All right, very good for those who read. Now read these books. Don't waste time. Hare Krishna. Is there any question? Hmm. By birth you don't have? Liberty to choose a father or mother. You don't have the liberty to choose. Yeah. So I have been born, let me say, in a Muslim family or a Christian family, anybody. And uh, the whole entire distinguishing me there. See, I have been not allowed to pray other than my birth god or the family god. In that case, a Bhakta would like to see Krishna's consciousness, what he has to do, and he is prevented to do that so. Oh, you didn't ask a question yet. Have you understood the question? But I didn't. You didn't. Uh, did you ask a question? What is the question? Yeah. But what's the question? What's the question? 
My question is, what's your question? What you're asking, why is that so? All right, thank you. Said in Tamil. Well, as I quoted in the lecture, Purusha Sukha Dukhanam We get different situations within this material nature according to what we choose and what we deserve. So, we may be born in a particular situation because we had a certain desire like that. But, if one is born in a Muslim family and one comes in contact with Krishna consciousness, if he has strong enough desire, he can take it up also. The example is there of Haridash Thakur, who was born in a Muslim family, but chanting Hare Krishna. And the Muslim rulers tried to kill him by beating him. But he went on chanting Hare Krishna. You were born in a Muslim family? No. All right, so... Translate that. So that is more fortunate... That is mentioned in Shastra, that birth in Bharat in the human form of life is desired even by the demigods in heaven because that is a good opportunity to understand Krishna and get out of this material existence. So that particularly means to be born within the Vedic culture in which one... uh, In the Vedic culture, as one is born, that means what you might call a Hindu family. Then one naturally has some kind of respect for Krishna, Bhagavad Gita, Ganga, cows, and all these facets of Krishna consciousness. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Bharata bhumite hoila manusha jannaja janna satak kari kara phara upakha One should make one's life successful by Krishna consciousness and do good for others by preaching Krishna consciousness. So you please make your life successful by practicing Krishna consciousness and when you are fully fixed in Krishna consciousness then you can do something to help those who are due to their past misdeeds unfortunate to be born in a situation they have the misfortune to be born in a situation where they are raised in envy of the Vedic culture, even though they're born in India. You have a better opportunity, so why don't you take it? Although there are actually many Muslims in India especially who are inclined toward Krishna consciousness. That's another big preaching field. Any other question? This person is, uh, there, is no contam- if there is no contamination in the spiritual world. And if the jiva is the part of the person, it's already answered in the in the class, isn't it? Are you present in the whole class? Huh? You already brought this up. That why is the jiva? Why doesn't Bhagavan force us? It's it's the same question in a slightly different way. All right.